Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. Today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Tom Love and Adam Thompson. Two of my good pals, and uh, we are going to be diving into a whole host of things. It's going to be all sorts of rabbit holes. So, Tom, how are we doing, buddy? How's Mate, things? I am. I am good. And it's always good to see you on a screen opposite me because it's just like that's what I'm going to look like for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then, and then just looking at Adam as well with the long hair, I'm just like that's what oh, I want I to look like for the rest of my life. <laughs> I wish. Oh, I, I feel left. Out. No, mate. I feel- this should be going the other way. I think we feel left out like, with this long <laughs> mane. And Adam, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm really well. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think it's a, an interesting topic that we're going to sort of navigate around. And I'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts as well as share whatever goes. Fantastic. So, Tom, just to lead things off, just give the listeners a little bit of insight in terms of actually how we met. And it's not at birth, as a lot, a lot of people yes. think it's not. But just give we a don't... bit of insight, bud. We did a couple of DNA tests, firstly, and they've all come back yeah. negative to everyone's surprise. Um, no, so we, I, you know, we originally met at WIT through training, but the kind of breakthrough that you're on about and, and kind of how I kind of started working with you is I had my appendix out. Oh my God, I'm not going to reference the year, but it was a couple of years ago. I want to say four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had loads of complications, unfortunately, which resulted in me having another emergency surgery two days later because um, there was like blood clots and strangulated hernia and stuff. And the long and short of that is that I had to go on antibiotics for a good six months um, as I had to have that stomach wound treated over six months. They weren't allowed to close it back up. And basically what this caused my gut to do was just disintegrate into absolute madness. And post-recovery, I was very unhappy. Um, I had a lot of IBS symptoms. I just could not get my food right. And to be honest, pre-surgery and pre all this, I'd never had an issue in my life. So I was this mm. guy who could have dairy. I could have anything I wanted, see anything I wanted, and I was good to go. Um, but obviously these antibiotics and, and that experience really put me in a bit of a hole. Uh, and that's when obviously we knew each other. But that's when I reached out to you. I was like, Liam, I need help kind of thing. And we just started from there, basically, right? We started there, got through Dari going, identified what was going wrong, sneaky little treat tricks like uh, glutamine powder on an empty stomach in the morning, little things like that, you know, yeah. really helped. And I would say, what do you reckon? Realistically, it took about a year to get it right. And I'll never forget when then I messaged you one day and I don't mind saying this. And I was like, mate, we just had a solid poo. And that was, that was it. And, you know, yeah. like every, every now and again, I have a wobble because 
Sometimes you just think, oh, you know what? I'm going to have this food type because I want to. And point broccoli with my roast dinner. I know, I now know that broccoli ruins me. Um, but when it's in front of you on a beautiful Sunday roast, I'm like, let's go. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of our, our story, you know, from, from scratch. Yeah. Cause I had experienced a lot of gut issues as well. Had two really bad, serious, well, some really serious bouts of food poisoning and some of the symptoms and the, the kind of path that you'd followed was very similar to what I'd experienced. So again, being a nutritionist, I'd researched this and done this and experienced it myself and implemented some things with myself and clients. And like I say, hopefully we fast track your progress, like I say, because a lot of people, it's very common. A lot of people just end up wandering through this kind of like, you know, jungle of just like IBS and gut issues and bloating and constipation, diarrhea, and they don't actually deal with it. They think yeah. it's dairy. They think it's gluten. They think it's whatever. And actually, do you know what I mean? Like you said, it, there's sometimes there's common faults or common culprits, but often the case it's figuring out what we do actually, you know what, it works for you. And that, that's a key thing. Do you know what's mad as well, dude, is like, you kind of just, and we shouldn't do this, but we just get on with it. And we just, oh, I'm going to have two days of IBS or whatever. And, and then once we finally fixed it and like weeks and weeks were just amazing. And like I was, obviously I track everything, as you know, with Roop and stuff and my recovery scores are through the roof. And then I wasn't having these spurts of horrendous low energy. And again, I was like, what is going on with this? I, I eat well, I train, I sleep better than usual. Like, I was like, why am I feeling like this? It's not just the IBS. You feel like you're hungover. So once we fixed that, I was just like, this is unbelievable. And now post this, I've seen, you know, a lot of my clients with these situations and we're slowly fixing them as well. And it is quite amazing, amazing. but I feel people just ignore it or they just classic put up with it. Oh, I'm going to have a bit of IBS for the next two days or a day. I find that quite yeah, I mean, it's the topic we're going to kind of talk about today, change. And we often say to people, like, change only is only going to happen once the fear of staying the same is greater than the fear of change. And that's something that I feel is often a, a real factor in terms of people committing to something or reaching out for help. That Actually, they just kind of get on with it because they're like, oh, I can kind of deal with it until it gets to that point where like, no. I need to deal with something. I need to do something. I need to deal with it. So look, Adam, we've been talking a lot about change and how it's something that is quite a broad term, but we don't really attribute how much change we necessarily go through in terms of like, you know, life and stuff like that. Like it's, it's pretty important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something that if we start to change the word that we use and we start to look at like adaptation and, and other peripheral words around the idea of change, then maybe people start to understand it a bit more. But if you look at the clients that you guys work with or friends and look at how much different context switching happens in a day from working out to being on calls, to going to meetings, to traveling on the tube, to going out for mm. social, to, to whatever it might be, it, each one of those is a change. But we just, we've normalized ourselves to it. So we don't really understand the impact of it. But each of those requires a stress, right? Stress essentially increases the body's or prepares the body for whatever actions required for it. So if we're not getting to the point where we're understanding, okay, I need to regulate now. I need to support my body in those situations where I'm demanding it or of it. And there's a higher load on it. Then I think that people can end up in a situation where the body body tells you to slow down and stop and that that we're starting to be known more and more now about just how impactful stress and these triggers that are resulting from change are starting to have on people yeah tom you must have seen this a lot with your clients no yeah or maybe even yourself as well 
No, 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 big, big time. And I think I was thinking about this earlier, but, you know, a lot of them as well will try and fix everything at once. They'll, they'll just keep operating at that such a high level and then they'll go, right, I'm going to fix all this now. Um, and they try and change everything in 24 hours or in a week. And it's, we all know that's not possible. And then obviously it doesn't happen and they fail. And then it's just that vicious circle. And then they just work themselves into the ground. And so it's just, we'll talk about it later, but it's just, I'll try and work with them and just like baby steps. Let's fix, let's fix water this week. Next week, let's, yeah. let's try that half an hour before bed. The week after, let's now try and implement that stretching that we talked about. And I find that's a lot, a lot better, you know, way to get that going than right, right, mate, welcome. I want you to drink three liters of water now from, from today onwards. I want you to stretch five minutes in the morning, 10 minutes before bed. I want you to put your phone away one hour before bed. And this is all, you know, assuming that they just don't have any other stresses like their family and all those kind of things. And then all these jobs. And so, yeah, it's, it takes time. I think it does take time. You, you said really it there, like going bad. I was going to say, it's really interesting because if you look at kind of the, if you were to describe the people that you're working with, you would put them in that category, right? Yeah. And so they're, they're results oriented and output driven, but they don't necessarily understand the input that's required and how they have to break it down into certain small baby steps because we're just used to getting everything now. And I think that does a disservice yeah. to people because there needs to be a wider recognition that actually, if you want a different output, you have to change a lot of inputs. It's not just a case of doing one thing. And I think people yeah. get frustrated with that when they're not necessarily achieving it. So for your case, when you were going through all of the, the difficulty of IBS, you might've tried like a heap of things that just didn't work. And then it was yeah. a mindset, right? Of like, all right, that didn't work, but something else might. And I think if people's lives are exceptionally busy or they're trying to cram a lot in, then there's not necessarily just space. I think we've talked yeah. about it before, Liam, in a sense of mm. if your stress cup is full, it doesn't matter how much more stress you put on it, whether it's a tiny bit or a lot more, it's going to tip over. And yeah. so sometimes it's about reducing the amount of things in that cup before you can start to add new things in. And these type of conversations, I, I at least for myself, wish I'd have had like years earlier because I just kept trying to add more and more and more and more stuff on, yeah. not realizing the impact that it would go or yeah. small. And and that's the thing, like people are performing, I think. They need to give, I often say people need to give themselves a pat on the back. Mm. We, need to, we need to highlight the good things that people are doing because a lot of the people that we work with are high performance. They're functioning yeah. at a quite high level. And so the habits and the systems and the things that they're doing have actually got them to this level. So we don't want to, like you said, like, I want to change everything. I want a complete overhaul. No, you don't. <laughs> no. Because you've built some really cool things and really good habits and good let's say things that you're doing from a nutrition training lifestyle mental mindset whatever all you need to do is identify what things we need to change and like you, you said there ad like it's not necessarily adding more in and adding more habits or adding more kind of like you know, things to do tasks to do it's about potentially removing the ones that are preventing you from like continuing to to progress because your goal might change the things your, your, your lifestyle might change if the goalposts move. So it's identifying what you need to remove and then what things you need to change. I, I'm all about like habits. It's about changing the habits that you do rather than adding new ones. And so Tom, you talked about water and about protein or foods and whatever. People yeah. drink water. <laughs> you built a habit of drinking water. You just need to make it better. You need to change it. You don't need to add a new one in. And I think that's, if we can frame, like say, change and progress in a way that 
it's not necessarily overwhelming and actually what can we potentially move what can we then change i think that's a helpful thing and it's not it's giving people a pat on the back to say look you got to this level and this scenario by being successful doing xyz we just need to change this one or two things uh, and i think that's how like change is such an important thing to talk about because if we if we really take a kind of you know zoom out and and talk about change like i think it's something that people don't necessarily identify that that's happening all the time like you said at stay today you've got this kind of theory about well no you got it you identified it that people only recognize it when there's big life events or times of their year like decades yeah. so it's like, i do this or i do this when i have kids whereas actually it's probably a weekly daily thing that we need to help support yeah exactly. is that right yeah, absolutely. I think some of the research that I was doing when I when I was creating Zag was about understanding um, where there was a congregation of change for people and how we could kind of support those periods of time. And interestingly, they do they do fall around the end of a decade. So statistically, mm -hmm. more people run their first marathon, launch their first book, achieve their first seminal achievement at work, get married or divorced, take a sabbatical at twenty nine than any other age. Right. It's obvious in a sense that you've come oh, out wow. of university, you've had sort of like maybe 10 years, let's say university studies, group them all together, but you've had like 10 years figuring yourself out, going a bit wild, exploring the world, getting in and out of relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then that big 30 number forces a reevaluation of what do I want to do differently in my 30s or what do I want to do more of that I didn't get to do. And then yeah. media pushes it all and fuels it because there's 30 things to do before you're 30 or 100 cultural things to see and do before you're 40 or whatever it might be. And that starts to create a little bit of anxiety for you to change. Other ways that it happens <laughs> and, and there's not as much kind of like science behind it. But if you look, if you identify a few close friends and ask them what happened around the ages of sort of like 28 to 30, there'll be something big that happened. Like, I don't know why that is, but it's really One interesting. Time. Tom, what happened at 29, 30? Was it like 11 years ago? Something like that? <laughs> I'm 31. Oh. Hey, I was about, by the way, you, do you know what you were saying that? You're saying about life changes. I think the majority of 28 to 29 year olds from the London fitness industry are currently in Bali. So we need to speak to them because they've all left <laughs> London and they've not come back. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I'm not going to lie. It's all, it's all a bit of a blur when you 28. I, I think I came back. Ago, I left them. Yeah. It's all a blur, man. I yeah. left the, the big change, life change for me was leaving the military 2016, like you know, six years in the military and then playing, going to California for a year and then coming back late, well, nearly 2017. So yeah, 26. Yeah. yeah I suppose give or take I'm there. Right. Yeah. So that was my was, big change. That was my big change. I, did, I didn't realize it, but now I'm just thinking about it. I was in working at Tottenham and I'd, I'd got the job when I was 28. And I think so I'd been in sport for a long time already. And it was then I started to think about my life. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be sitting in a hotel on Christmas Eve. I don't want to be, do you know what I mean, yeah. doing this? I, I, I can see myself having a family. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't even with my wife at, the, at that time. I met her when I was 30. So I think for me, it was that mindset change of like, right, I need to, to create the life I want to be. I don't want to be you know, in football, I want to have flexibility to see a family, to do whatever. And it was when I was 30, I set up here So huh? not even think about it. Hey, and how old are you, Liam? 30, I want 30, God, I'm 37. I love how you have to think about that. 
God, oh, so once you get I, past 30, you don't care. Yeah, it all merges yeah. into one. No, I thought just turned 37 in, in August. So, yeah, I set it up, you know, six and a bit years ago, seven years ago. So, yeah, that, like I say, at the turn of that event, like, whether it was subconscious or whatever, because definitely wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm 30, I need to do this. It was more whatever. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. Really interesting. There's another concept that this author, an American author, who wrote a book called Life is in the Transitions, has kind of identified it's not necessarily limited to age but he talks about the process of change and and the story of the book is that he goes across all the states in america and identifies people to to understand their stories and then he got a few more intelligent people than i to code the stories and look for patterns to, to identify well what what's the process that people go through when big major change happens and he kind of broke it down into kind of like four pillars which is you have a life quake where something happens, voluntary or involuntary, either the death of a close relative or an illness or a choice, and you decide to switch careers or move location like these fitness influencers that Tom's on about. But then what can happen is you go into a sort of period that's known as a long goodbye where you know you want to step into this new, but it's also difficult because you have to let go of parts of you too in order to make space for that. Like we were talking about before the stress cup, right? Like you can't continue to just be the Tom or the Liam of your 20s if you wanted to do something new. And so if people aren't able to understand that or do that or don't have the support around it, they end up in this messy middle period where you're kind of like half in, half out. And it's only when you start to really embrace these new chapters, stack habits, focus on the input rather than the output, that you end up in that new life chapter. And I think it's quite interesting to try and use as a sort of reference when you're understanding people and, and whether they are going through change as to where they are at that point in order to understand how to help them too. Mm-hmm. Like too early, they might not even have the conscious awareness to be able to say, all right, I need specific support in this area. Or if they're in the middle, they might not be as receptive because they're trying to understand, you know, identity, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the timing of change for us as, as people that that are a facilitator in helping people change, like nutritionists help people change. You know, either way, whether it's gaining weight, but losing weight, and you know, like Tom being being PT and fitness instructor and, and coach, it's about it's about changing, isn't it? It's, a, it's about providing a platform or education or guidance, support, accountability, whatever it is, it's into helping people to change. And we often see if that's not timed correctly, you know, no matter how good you are, and how good, sometimes it's really challenging to do. Yeah. So. Do you, do you guys get a lot important. of people talking about like not like showing a fear for change, like a nervousness Absolutely. for change? What like how do you go, what, what's the theme I that do. comes up for you? For me, it happens before. Like I said, change only happens when the fear is staying the same. Blah, blah blah. But I think sometimes there's a thing called the importance trap. For me, I think people place too much importance on our goal or or a thing that's going to mm. change. Okay, so they go. I, I, I want to lose four kilos because I want to look better for my wedding or, or in, in a, on a holiday. But the problem is instead of starting, like when they think about that first or start to put the intervention in, they place so much importance on it that they end up either not starting because they need to get all their ducks in the line. They need to get everything perfect. They need to be like, oh, well, I need to get, you know, Jenny's barbecue out of the way or I need to get my birthday out of the way. I need to get this out of the way. And then I'll start. Oh, well, it's January. It's October. Well, I'll start in January because I need to get this, this, this and that way. Whereas actually then what happens is you build this thing up 
this, this mm. change of habits, this thing that you need to implement isn't actually that big. Okay. You probably need to do like it's change small things, but we place way too much importance and you get, you fall into the importance trap. So you don't actually even start, you know, that's a really key common thing. And, or they, they think that they have to follow something super complex, you know, and they, they, like I said, before we even get into changing, actually changing when you're in it or resistance to it, for me, that's a massive thing that I think people often think when it's talking about nutritional or exercise or training, or whatever, lifestyle changes. So, yeah. Well, wait, do you get, do you get that as well, Tom, when people come to you where they're actually so obsessed by the outcome of where they want to get to and the end result that you have difficult or interesting conversations with them about the input change? Yeah, a couple of times. And I, I, I immediately try and manage that and, and just try one. I want to try and take the pressure away from a certain number on a scale or like I said, a certain image that they're after. Um, because I just, I just, like Liam just said, I feel people put a lot of pressure on themselves. And then if they have a little life wobble, something external comes in and, and they're doing really well. And it's happened a couple of times and then they go off the rails a little bit. It, I mean, their world explodes and it's, it's, it's kind of even more detrimental than when I met them. So I immediately say, okay, I hear what you're trying to say there, or I hear that you want to get to that number. Let's, let's just go baby steps. Like we've already spoken about. And it kind of then naturally happens, but as soon as you put all that emphasis and pressure on a certain number of outcome, like I said, I feel that with the way life is now and how busy people are in their jobs and, and like things just happen, right, boys? Like sometimes things go wrong, then they're in big trouble. So yeah, I, I, for me, I, I don't know how other people do it, but I would just immediately manage what they're saying to me. And if it sounds in the slightest a bit, you know, overreaching, I have no drama telling them that. Sometimes they get offended. Well, I can do that, Tom. What are you, what are you fucking saying that for? No, I understand, but trust me, let's just go for this for now and then we'll target that later, if that makes sense. I think there's a very common theme between us three. And just to give the listeners a little bit of insight, like me and Adam have been working on some product development and some stuff for Zach and Tom has been doing the same. And me and Tom didn't actually really know that we were both kind of been <laughs> doing it. We, we were going to met in the middle at this yeah. beautiful, at this beautiful human being. There's Anne Thompson and, but there's very similar, there's a lot of similarities, I think, in terms of what we're all trying to do to help support people changing. And that's to simplify the process of change. Yeah. Big time. And that's, I think is a key thing that nutritionists, we want to distill it down to the, the simplest possible answer and the, the way that it's the most easy for that person to, to see results. When you're talking about training or goals, break that down. Cool. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to simplify it. So you've got these first steps that you can easily make. So do you get that first step? You get that snowball going and then we can build in a bit more detail, a bit more technicality, a bit more complexity. And then you can start to see progress. And with Zag and, and, and everything that, that, that you got, that you're doing there is like you said, removing that wellness admin, making it simple for someone to get the required nutrients needed on a consistent basis into their bodies in a way that's going to help them to absorb and be delivered. That's a really key thing. Like it's, it's that I, and I think that's probably why we're sitting on this podcast is there's lots of similarities in that terms of that simplification. You, I think so, you have to simplify it to link the point yeah. that when we're talking about as well, lives are so busy that if something requires a serious amount of effort or energy, then there's a real consideration. If you can start to then replace people's habits. I guess a question to ask Tom would be like, and I know this, but um, how many supplements were you taking before you started? 
Oh my God. I mean, if you used to shake me in the morning, I would rattle. I right. mean, since I was like 18, I list, I'd be down holding them Barrett and I would literally get every single thing Penny that sale. you needed to take. <laughs> and like, and then I had my little pot and I had my Monday to Sunday pot and it, it, there was at least 11 pills per day, minimum, minimum. So, so, yeah. so for, for you in that situation, it's all right because you've identified that that's something that you want to do in order to give yourself the best opportunity to perform. But for most people and for, for myself, when I found that I was just lethargic and fatigued and burnt out, the idea of taking a protocol of pills every morning was just, um, it just wasn't like I knew at yeah, some point nightmare. it would drop off. And, and yeah. also I think within the research that we've done and the feedback that I'm getting from consumers, because pills are quite low dose, just due to their limitation of size, and their absorption rates are quite small as well. It takes so long for people to take an effect that if they fall off the habit of taking them, they, they don't notice anything. They don't see it. They're not going to see it in their data. They're not going to necessarily mm. feel different that day. And so it's very easy to get out of the habit in the same way that it's very difficult to get in the habit. And that's why mm. when I started looking for, for solutions to the problem that I was facing, I thought, hang on a minute, we need to, we need to step this up a little bit to create supplementation that's ready in 2022. We can talk about the reasons why later, but in a sense, you, you have to offer people a really simple way of absorbing high dose, high quality nutrients that are going to have a fairly instant impact. And that was really pleasing to see then when the first cohort of people started consuming Zag to see that I think within three, four days was, was the best that we saw. Some people reckon they, they felt it straight away, which is great. But on average, it's about seven to 10 days. Yeah. That's much more manageable. And Tom and I have got some things that we're working on at the moment in terms of like two week challenges to say, like, just take it for two weeks until you don't feel a different. Yeah. And I think that, that then is digestible, isn't it? It's this bite size approach to, all right, okay, well, this change you're asking me to do right now is a small amount of commitment. I need to take this single sachet every day for 14. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what's mad on that? Like I've been doing this a long time, right? I've trained a lot of people, all different works of life. One of the hardest things I've ever had to try and get across the board was supplementation and trying to get people to take bloody supplements of any form, multivitamins. And, and just like you said, oh, I don't like swallowing these pills and all that kind of stuff. And they did it for a couple of days and then it dropped off. And I would, I would get frustrated with it because there wasn't a product like yours. And then I've never seen such an easy, you know, convert for people. I'm like, just put it in your fridge. And as soon as you wake up, take it in the morning. And so far, everyone's doing it. And then the product does it the rest. Then I'm getting messages. Oh, my God. I, I, I feel so much more energized in the morning. Oh, I don't have coffee anymore in the morning. All these kind of things. So it's just when you just have something so easy and you can't show me one person who likes swallowing multiple pills and stuff like that. And, yeah, you know, yeah. so the fact that you can just smash a gel and then crack on with your day, I think that's it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, for, for people that are just joining on their first listening to the PH podcast, like myself and Adam have done one, going into a little bit more detail on, on the, on, on Zag and the benefits of it. But like you say, it's removing that ad wellness admin. And a lot of people would say to me, maybe you guys have heard this supplements don't work, you know, mm. and it's like, we know yeah, the hat that the absorption rates are horrendous for pills, especially the old horse tablets, you know, like the Centrum ones that are like hard pressed. You know, like chalk tablets, you know, they're, they're horrendous the, 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 in absorption rates. And like Ad said, it takes a long time. You have to take them consistently for a very long time. But the amounts, are, you know, so you'll say, oh, I don't know. Something in the research says that you need, you know, 200 milligrams, but actually you can only get like four milligrams in it. 
because they're limited by the size of the pill. So, okay, cool. Like the research says that zinc helps me with this, but actually I've got one milligram of zinc in it. Well, <laughs> that's why it don't work. It's, yeah. not, it's not the zinc don't work. It's that the, the yeah. pill doesn't work because it's only got one milligram. And the, so the evidence-based research is that it takes, you know, 30, 40 grams, 45 milligrams. So yeah. this is a really important thing. And like say, getting people to change their habits is really challenging if they haven't taken supplementation before. But getting people to add in a habit or, well, I already go to the fridge every morning to get milk or water or you know, food. Again, that is changing a habit. It is by taking something but you're still building it into someone's day where they haven't got to go into a cupboard that they don't necessarily go into and go into a yeah. pill pot they don't necessarily go into and do something they don't do every single day. That's, That's it, where I think it was such a powerful thing. And like when I take, I took it, I said to you, Adam, I said, I was like two days. I was like, man, I'll notice it. <laughs> and I love it because I'm a huge advocate for adaptogens. I'm a huge advocate for nootropics for certain ones and getting them in like alpha GPC and all of these types of things in the morning, I think it's fantastic and they're quite expensive to do. But again, they're isolated. Normally. Okay, well, cool. But we know that just fixing one, uh, taking one thing isn't going to help support change. You need support from lots of different areas because again, life in general environment is a stressful thing on the body. And like you said, that's where I think it's a really powerful powerful product and uh, yeah, some some awesome stuff so tom when you took it you you i'm doing it from an anecdotal point of view yeah because i don't wear a wearable i'm yeah. just going i'm pretty i'm pretty aware of my body my diet has been the same for, for a longer long time so when i add something else in i can notice because i'm like oh that's the only intervention i've changed but i don't use data yeah uh, but you do you've yes. got historical data you are mr you know you, you got it out <laughs> We were on a story. I love it, a story. <laughs> but you got it. So historically, like, talk to me about the objective data that you see. Yeah, so I, you know, I've tracked my whole life on the on Whoop since 2019. And so I, I've, I have loads of historical data. And I said to Adam when I started taking it, I was like, this is the only thing that I've added into my diet recently. And at the, at the time I started taking it, I wasn't drinking alcohol. So like there was everything else was bang on. And then I added Zag into my life, removed the, the supplements I started just seeing consistent green zones. So if people don't know how it works, you get, you get a green zone rating. I think it's up to like 64% and above amber from 64 down to, I'm going to get told off, but like 32 or something. And then maybe 32 and below is red zone. Mm. I just hit straight away. I think it was like a six or seven day green streak. But what was, I found really interesting was I, I understand that a lot of people are a bit like, oh, you know, whoop, whoop isn't as accurate as it should be. But one thing I do believe in is that your heart does not lie. Your heart tells you exactly how your body is feeling and how you're dealing with stress and all those kind of things. My rest and heart rate had dropped down by two points and my heart rate variability had increased. So my body's ability to, you know, handle stress has increased. And I was just like, okay, is this placebo kind of thing? And then this happened by accident. What did I do? I, 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 I was traveling somewhere. I'd more like Paris or somewhere. And I, Amsterdam, they messaged me on Amsterdam. Amsterdam that's it. Like, yeah. Can I get this now? I was like, <laughs> not, not yet. I got it. I was like, literally like some guy that like, having withdrawals because when something works, I just, I don't want to change it. And I was lit. I was like, yeah. Oh no. So I, I, I kind of worked out and naturally did a, you know, a self experiment on myself where, okay, I took myself off it for a couple of days and immediately I did see the difference, you know, felt a little bit more sluggish in the mornings and my recovery score dropped. 
Um, so it was just, I found that really interesting. And ever since I've been taking it, sometimes on really high stress days or high strain days, I double zag. I take one in the morning, take one in the afternoon. Like we just did it. I just basically had two monster days, Sunday and Monday, huge, huge strain days, 20.5 strain. Again, if you don't know how wood works, the highest you can get is a 21 strain. And I was in the bin. I messaged out. I said, I'm in the absolute bin. I'm wiped out. And he was like, double zag, double zag. I double zagged. And today, uh, obviously I prioritized my sleep as well. And I woke up in the green zone and all my stats are, are back to normal. So there's my kind of this, how I've kind of tracked it with, with whoop and how it's worked for me. I, yeah, I, I, and I, when I've seen it with people as well, who don't use the wearables, that's, that's when you know it, it really works. Cause a lot of my clients don't have a wearable and they really, and some of them are really pessimistic when it comes to supplementation and pills. And I mean, like, they're like, ain't doing it. It's shit. Ain't doing it. And I'm like, I beg you, I've been working for you a long time. We're good friends now. Please try two weeks. And then they're like, actually working, you know? And then they put another order in and I, I haven't pushed it. I've just said, just try it. Please try it for two weeks. So yeah, that's my kind of experience with how it came kind of, well, it's changed my life. Definitely. Cause I don't take 55 bloody pills anymore. Nice. Do you take anything else on top? Omega three. I take omega three. I take thyroxine 25 mil. That's prescription. Cause I have an underactive thyroid and I still supplement a, uh, D3 as well. Vitamin D3. Yeah, that's 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 the thing as well. Like with with this type of supplementation that we're talking about, yeah, it's all right. There's 29 vitamins, nootropics, adaptions in in a gel shot, and it simplifies the the process for taking supplements. But some people might want to add in extra. The reason that we can't make it so uniform is because everyone's lifestyle is different, and that obviously is a massive driver for change. So you could say, well, why don't you do personalized nutrition? But personalized nutrition is also difficult because you need a real good pattern of data to understand what's actually happening in the lifestyle rather than just the moment that you're in. And the economics of those businesses are quite difficult. So I think where we're at at the moment is we can give some people, people a really good opportunity to, to add an easy form of high quality supplementation in their diet and hopefully see the benefits that people like Tom and people that live completely different lifestyles are seeing. But then on top, it's the start of that opportunity to stack incremental habits of change that we both talked about over periods of time and i think then what what becomes the the challenge is management of that because we've also seen people like wow i feel great and then they start to go off and do loads of things and then that becomes unsustainable and so (laughs) you know it's one of those things that i've seen it i say it's a famous quote but we talk about the only constant is change like you think you're going to adopt this one change but as soon as you've adopted that something else will change life will change in a way And so I've just bought kind of like a revolving door. I've just bought the stats because yeah. I, I I logged all this and I because I, I didn't have it to hand then. So pre zag HRV, my average low was one hundred three. My average high was one two four. Post zag HRV, average low was one thirteen. So up by ten, and average high was one four five. So up by twenty. It's just it's just ridiculous. Like I just I keep forgetting the difference I've seen in my stats. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. When you say it's, it's the data for that. Again, people don't think whoop is consistent. Like, so heart rate variability and heart rate yeah. is pretty consistent. And like I said, like it's going back to change. Like that is it. It's the only thing is constantly is change. And sometimes we, we like you said, it, it's how to stack that, how to support that. I'm not saying that this is a cure for everything. We're just saying that this is an easy change to make, an addition. And then utilizing services such as nutrition coaching, PT, whatever, or being aware of your body to, to change things is going to be, is going to be the next step. Like 
what we're trying to do with this, like, you know, even with the podcast and, and what we're trying to do is just support people through this, yeah. make it easy, simplify things. And all of this is about like trying to get people to, to be aware and not just to, you know, suffer through and accept just being like, I, I hate it. Like people just accept being sick and tired. Do you know what I mean? You ever hear people just go, I'm always tired. Yeah. <laughs> I always wake up tired. I'm like, mm. You know, they, they shouldn't be the game. That we can fix that. <laughs> this 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 isn't the norm. But people accept it being the norm, and then either either go th- so far past the bell curve that it's so hard to get up. You know, like I say, it's trying to identify that there are things out there that you can do now that are relatively simple. Or don't stop spending your bloody money on stuff that don't work. Yeah. Like that's my thing. Like I want to challenge everyone. I should probably do this on Instagram to get people to take a picture of their supplement cupboard. Oh, I I I'm actually going to do this because this isn't going to go out for a few couple of weeks. So I'm going to do it. And then when you're listening, you'll be able to see that we've done this on Instagram. And I want to get people to do it because I want to see like, what's the, what's the oldest supplement you got? All right, people got stuff from that 2016. Yeah, um, man. Or just I'm stuff gonna... that they just ne- not unopened. Oh yeah, that was like my, that was like something I heard that I needed to be taking to improve my brain function and it cost me 35 quid and I opened it. Or, you know, <laughs> something will be sitting at the cupboard, but I bet there's, there's things there, bathroom cupboard, kitchen cupboard, tons of stuff. There's a lot of money sitting there. Well, I think the stimulus that's, that's to change a, a... could be, could be at the top of your discussion as well, right? People can all of a sudden decide, right, this weekend, I'm going to go and get some supplements and I'm going to start to improve the issues that I'm dealing with at the moment. But that's not change itself. And I think a lot yeah. of people fall down there because they're like, they've got the gear, they, they're ready, but then they've not necessarily thought about what they actually need to do in, in terms of going back to that change in the input piece again. And so, yeah, yeah I'd love to see the results of that. I, I, we did some research at the beginning and some people had like a thousand pounds worth of supplements in their cupboards that they weren't taking. <laughs> yeah. That don't surprise me. Right. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And what's more is that when you ask them about why it wasn't working, they, they haven't seen the effects, right? So it's a yeah. case of why well, it doesn't work. I'll, I'll, I haven't seen the effects, but I don't want to get rid of it just yet because it might work. But I just need yeah. to make that change. So they're in this constant battle, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think that's the other thing that we do in change, right? We negotiate with ourselves. And at some yeah. point, you'd just be like, no, I'm not negotiating. I think that's why things like cold water therapies really risen of late, because you have to push yourself through something that you don't want to do. Yes, there's physiological benefits too, mental benefits too. But it's that kind of decision when you get to the water and decide you've got to make yourself get in. I think can fall away with something that's not as as that internal dialogue, having that conversation with yourself, is it is you know is something that's dangerous. You know, it's, whatever it is, it's got to be non-negotiable. You know, you've got to build it in. Whether that's putting it in the fridge and taking it in the morning, and that's why I think people after COVID need to go back doing well, people pay PTs, you know, and, and why people pay go to exercise classes. Is because oh I booked it I pay for it I'm signed up to it I committed to it, you know you don't have that internal dialogue of, of having that kind of negotiation with yourself because you kind of committed to it financially yeah. or whether it's a buddy at the gym or whether it's a PD I want to let him down again. That's such an important thing, and you know I think the more we can move away from that, like say less negotiations is probably going to help people to make better progress. Guys, what are you doing? Talk to me personally. 
anything that you're trying to change at the moment? Come on, what you, what you go on, lad. Go on, lad. You go first, man. Right. You go first. Uh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I ain't changing anything. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> hey, like, like I've been, I've been at this game a long time. I'm pretty happy right now. Like, <laughs> good. Okay. I drink. I drink. You know, once or twice a month. Drink my three liters of water. All right, stretching. I, I again, I always say this and getting older and sore and mobility. I, I probably do about five ten minutes a day, but I would love to do more. Um, somehow, mm-hmm. I would say that's where I still drop the ball. And yeah, that'd be it. Okay, so you're I'm not actually trying to, actually trying to do that. You're not. You're not trying to do that, are you? You're just saying it. You're not actually trying. What to do you do mean? What me? You know, why you're are you not trying to change more it? then? Yeah, why are you not stretching more? What have you done? What interventions have you put in? Right now, told you. <laughs> good first step. Getting it like, out there, setting the goal. You have to That's understand. Good. You have to understand. I, you know, I work in fitness I'm a PT, and my whole lifestyle and job is to try and make people have a, a nice life and live well, move well, and 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 still have balance. So I do actually do all those things as well. So when people I, when people ask me stuff for like that, I'm kind of like, I'm doing what I tell you to do. But I, yeah. if you, so I, I always feel a bit awkward when I say that, but yeah, stretching and I will try and do more. Sorry. Doesn't sorry, have, dad. Yeah, doesn't have to be physical. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be physical, mate. I was just asking. If you don't need to change anything, that's, that's cool. You can just maintain. Doesn't have to be anything. I'm, I'm, and, I'm trying to be Tom. Yeah. Uh, see, now look what yeah. I started here now. This is some bullshit, <laughs> man. <laughs> you set me up to fail with this. <laughs> I've been trying to do that for six years since I met him. I've actually um, got no, a full head of hair. I just, just say yeah, it doesn't look like say, it. Just, yeah, no, I'm, I, I was saying I'm curious because I think we're, there's only about six years that separates us all. And I think we're in a generation where we're really encouraged to remove the limitations of what was possible. And therefore, when you kind of arrive at a place, you don't necessarily recognize the success because your ambitions are so lofty and out there that you've not, you've not changed the world yet. And I know it's that also is a real problem for me. Like I don't necessarily uh, celebrate the small wins. I kind of just straight on to the next. And I wonder whether or what impact that has when we get to the point where you start to have a period where you're like, I need a rest. Yeah. And whether actually I could have changed that if I'd have taken a moment along the way, even if it was small, just to take an hour out of time just to, to reflect. Yeah. And this is kind of like another thing that I'm trying to do more as well. Really basic stuff that people have been talking about for years and years and years, but I've just been late or lazy to adopt but i need to journal more and i'll need to like be able to think about the things that are in my head i heard this wicked phrase on a podcast i think it was a high performance podcast actually where they were talking about metacognition by this guy called steve salis and it's like the thinking of thinking or the thinking about thinking never do that i'm just too reactive i'm too like in this yeah that's a so good point I think that's important for me to do it's funny you said that then because i i i've told my clients to do this and I, I do this myself and maybe i need to do this a lot more at the end of the year, I write down, pro, you know, all my proud moments and what I've achieved through that year. So 2022, I'll write it. And I, cause it's good to look yeah. back, but maybe that's too long. Maybe I need to do it every six months or every three months. Mm. Because when I do look back, honestly, then I'm like, Oh my word, this is, I did a lot this mm. year. Cause I'm mm. always constantly thinking I'm not. So maybe when you were just saying that then, I was like journaling again. The, the, when I do that, it makes me feel really good. And, and I look back, I can look back all the way when I start doing that, like 2019. So it, it makes me feel good. So maybe do it every three months or every, I think maybe month was probably too much. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I think putting more frequent lines in the sand to go, this is where I need to do these interventions, I think is a positive thing. Here's one for you, lads. I yeah. started, I saw this on a e- newsletter. I emailed my future self. Oh, I've seen this as well. <laughs> like I haven't got one back yet. 
I've only just started it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Explain um, this to me. Explain this right, to me. So what you do, similarly to journaling, right? What you do is you write an email at specific points. And this could be any time. It could be every three months, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you set a date, a future date. I can't remember the name of the website now. Some of my favorites. And if you do the email future self, you then write an email and send it to yourself at this date. And you forget about it. I can't even remember what I wrote, you know, most of the time. But then it pops up in your email. And a lot of the time people are going, what I was worrying about, I never write. A lot of the stuff wasn't actually an issue. Yeah. And what this does is, depending on how frequently you do it, it might then just help you to cultivate that awareness in that time to go, uh, you know, I know that historically I worry about these types of things, but I don't need to worry about it because in six months time, it's not going to be an issue. Or you need to go, oh my God, every single time I'm focusing on this, 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 and this. But it's hard to sometimes retrospectively look back and go, what have I achieved? If you did it in an email every three months and then put it, I don't know, maybe at the end of the year, maybe you could do it at the end of the year. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this three months, I felt like I've done this really successful. My relationships have done this. This is what I feel bad, negative, whatever, you know, positive, whatever. But then you just forget about it because you write it in that moment rather than trying to think back for a whole year. Like I think that's a positive thing. But yeah, email and future self. I'm going to be doing it because I'm worrying about stuff in the business and I'm like, right, <laughs> is it actually an issue? Or does Send me not? that link, man. Send me that yeah, link. Yeah, I will do. I will. I'll, put it in the show no- I'll put it in the show notes as well for yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's listening. But for me, I think there's so many self-help books and there's so many podcasts and there's so many people going, you need to do this, 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 and this. And this. Well, they do my editing, they do. Right? <laughs> yeah. But shut try up. not to be like that. Just shut not up. To be like that. But <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, a lot of it is noise, a lot of it. But it's like when people go through that period where you sit on, especially maybe in CrossFit more so, or maybe even endurance stuff as well, is that they have to go through this period of doing something that maybe isn't correct. They have to have the experience. It's all well and good listening to a geezer who's got a million followers and he says, do something. You're like, nah, okay. Until you actually experience it yourself, it's quite challenging to think, I think, to sometimes listen to advice. So and when you're saying, I'm trying to do this and trying to get better, I don't think it's, you know, I, don't, I think you need to go through that period where you overwork and do too much to go, mm. okay, I need to either bring it back. I think if you don't go to that point, I think you don't know when, where the point is that you need to come back to. Like, it's like, you need to train 15 times a week or you need to do competition after competition after competition if it's fitness to go, wow, that was a little too much and then drop it back. I think unless you go through that, I just, I just can't see no matter how good the advice is that, that you actually really, it really resonates with you. Like for me, I'm like, I always say like well, I think the reason, one of the reasons why we've been successful is I didn't see work as work. I just loved it. I just, just, just work. Yeah. So that's why I got ahead. And people go, what are you doing on a Sunday afternoon? I'm standing at the gym doing this. I'm like, just, this is here. This is what I do. Like, I didn't see it as like, oh, I'm working 1.30 till 5.30. I was just there. So like, for me, work wasn't work. And now I've got kids and family. It definitely is work because there's more of a distinctive line between what I, what I have to do. And I wouldn't have been able to do that unless I'd gone through that period of doing a bit more, doing too much. I don't know, maybe just my theory. I think sometimes it's the way, the way that it's framed as well, if it really resonates with you. 
where you can really kind of latch onto it to go, actually, yeah, he's talking a lot of sense there. I probably don't need to be doing X, Y, and Z, or I need to be aware of actually I'm working all the time. And maybe that line of the sand form is, is something that every three months, every whatever, maybe journaling every day or every week. For me, it's just me and my wife have to talk a little bit more about like, you know, especially with, 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 with a little and what are we doing good? What is he doing well? Like, and we reflect kind of once a week, you know, and what do we need to work on? And, and to be fair, it's worked really well. And then we agree on strategies to move forward because otherwise you can just end up just drifting through week on week. And it's, it's really hard. I think what's really interesting about what we were talking about is that we're talking about timeframes and something that came up in the research when I was trying to identify how we could help support people through their change was that particularly with supplementation, along with the fact that people don't like taking pills, they don't work, et cetera, et cetera, was that nobody puts a time frame for measurement, therefore they can't tell whether an improvement's been made. And no, not many people put a goal next to it. So again, I think it's one of those things we kind of talked about throughout this conversation, which is if you want that output, you have to then work back to understand what input needs to be changed. So if it's something that we're saying, like for me, I want to work on that, then I need to break it down difficulty is i'm wanting to do everything all at once and therefore what do i prioritize which one is higher up on my list of values that feels like it needs mm. adjustment for me to say i'm going to spend even more time on this because never before have i had to make that decision it was always available yeah. to me and i think that the world's only accelerating quicker and quicker and offering us more and more opportunities and it's like having 100 conversations in your head yeah. all at once yeah the goal setting thing, but just to root back on that, is we're actually doing a, we're going to do an episode on it. I did a, a presentation to a gym, Phobos, and we talked about goal setting and how I just said, I want to lose weight. It's not a goal. And we went into the depths of it and you just nailed it there. You've got to put stuff in. You've got to put deadlines on and you've got to put things Mate. in place. It's, 100%. We're going to go into a lot more detail, but Tom, you know it. It's like you've got to well, set time it's funny you, what, you've, what challenges work, right? Mate, challenges. It's challenges work. Point, end point. But it's not just that. Do you know what's funny? You just said that. It was done to me recently. So one of my clients and good friends, he's helped me massively over the last couple of months. I've had an idea and I've just been sat on it and I've just not done anything about it. And we keep talking about it. And he just, he got annoyed at me. I was PTing him. He's like, why the fuck haven't you done this yet? Why have you not done this yet? You're doing my head in. And he's like, right. 20th of October, you're going to present to me this. And I was like, and as soon as that happened, so it's like, I've done the work now because there was a timeline, there was a deadline. And it's so funny that you, when you, when you say that then, it's just like, I always give people timelines and deadlines and stuff like that. And it, it really sparked my reaction to get it done. There's a statistic, mate, there's a statistic that probably supports this that I came across. I can't remember the source, but I'm sure we can find it. That 95% of people, uh, no, people are more likely to, Let's edit this bit out whilst I get it right. <laughs> 95% of people are more likely to achieve their goal if they have an accountability. If they have to be accountable to someone or to something. That's yeah, unbelievable. Well, that, I am proof of that then because he, he made me accountable yeah. and I got, I got it done. Yeah. Adam from Wade, he talked about this a lot. He, we often think he's gym buddies, don't we? Like accountability partners, but... Ash Grossman, I think, has got one as well. He's got an, like a business accountability partner where they set each other tasks and talk about what the other person's doing. Completely different. I think, Ash, obviously, Ash That's is awesome. in like And then the other guy's in like finance or something. You know, do you know what I mean? But it's completely different. But they set each other goals and they're accountable. 
to that person. So then if they turn up on the call and they're like, yeah, I haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many that, do you know what I mean? You, I you don't want to let that person down if you really value it. So that's, that's really important. 95%. There was there was momentum around, I can't remember whether it's an app or a website. Again, we'll have to look it out for the audience, but where you can pledge a certain amount of money into this pot that you lose if you don't. Hey, do, hey. I'm not sure. Hey, well, you try to take my money from me. For, is, like, that's a great idea. That's a great not, business it, idea. As long as it goes to charity, if you do lose it, otherwise I ain't doing that. If, yeah. Right. And so I think during the research, I think you can either choose it goes to charity or you can make a bet with a mate or something like that. I'm not sure what the stats are on that, obviously, but I think it's interesting that people are trying to create new businesses yeah. or opportunities for people to, to work off the back of some of the, the statistics that we know yeah, are out there. Yeah, that's mad. That is absolutely mad. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Where, one question I've got for you. Where do you get inspiration from? You know, like, or where do you take advice from? Like, I think, add me, we, you know, I, I, I'm going to start. I, I actually really, the reason why I did this podcast as well sometimes is, is to get that accountability. I have to learn about something. I have to learn about that person, that like research it, you know, talk about it and formulate things. And it actually holds me accountable to keep learning. You know, not from a business point of view, maybe, but I definitely get inspiration from the when we talk and have conversations and stuff, mate. So thank you very much for that. But yeah, and, it, and what, even like social media, like, or, or websites, newsletters, or anything, like, where do you get inspiration from? Or where do you read content? I wonder, you know, I can't give you any one space or place. I feel like what happens for me is I'll get interested in a yeah. topic and then I'll sort of branch out and around that. But I'm quite, quite curious to try and then take that topic and apply it to whatever I'm experiencing or what's been of late. And that helps me to kind of like almost thread the needle for a few different topics. I think that's where I start to IDA and be able to share some, some business pieces on social at the moment. I'm liking a lot of those like life design images, you know, the breakdown topics, complex topics in an illustration that removes the need. Yeah. Visuals. I think that they're really interesting because I have to be on social a lot for for, for zag and i don't particularly enjoy it so those things kind of like almost puncture the monotony of yeah. what's going on and allow me to try and like think about topic and then the other one is i mean they can come from all different walks of life as well so i think we mentioned that the other one i'm about at the moment is a doctor from the u.s called gabor mate that's investigating the link of trauma on illness and conditions and believes that without understanding the traumas that happen for people will never really be able to help them medically because it's looking, we're looking at the symptoms rather than the, the cause of the root. So I'm reading a lot about him at the moment, but I think when you go into a topic like that, you can start to build it out to, to yeah. more. Love that. Functional medicine approach, looking at the, the cause, treating the symptom. So yeah, it's good stuff. T, where did you get inspiration from? I'm going to, you know, peers and friends, honestly, to be like yeah. yourselves, you two, and you know, a lot of my clients, but a lot of my friends as well. This, there's been people I've looked at and I've said to them, how did you get to that point? Yeah. Uh, because, because I want that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that. Like, so there's not many people know this about Faisal, me and Faisal and our friendship. I went to Faisal's class when he was a Barry's bootcamp instructor. Oh my God. 2017. And, and I literally told him that day, he didn't have a clue who I was. Just somebody wannabe walked into the gym and stuff for that. I said, oh man, that was amazing. How did you get here? And he was like, who the hell's this guy? And I left at the time and the person I was seeing at the time, I said to them, I said, I'm going to be friends with that guy. I, I promise you I'm going to be friends with that guy. 
And I, I sought out friendship with Faisal. I mean, it, it did blossom and all those kind of things. And he's mentored me in many ways in my career and stuff for that um, with fitness and group instructor. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, saying, looking at someone's life and going, oh, I want that. I wonder how I can get to that point. But it needs to be realistic. I can't look at Jeff Bezos and go, I want that life because yeah. it ain't going to happen, mate. Like, calm your cojones. But looking at a successful fitness trainer in London who's doing really well, I, I, I do think that's achievable. And that's how I've gone so far. And even with the likes of you two and, and you know, with successful businesses and, and working for yourselves, I definitely sponge off you guys on, on purpose for your knowledge because I think it's so powerful. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of how I've operated and stuff for that in terms of for inspiration. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Yeah, and sure, I think you've, you've covered it in a way that, do you know what I love the most is hearing people's yeah, stories. Always. Yeah, man. Well, how I built this is such an important podcast. Stories for me are, are like probably up there as like the yeah, number one thing. Definitely. definitely, mate. Exactly, right? And if you think about, you know, that obvious question that comes up all the time of like, who will be on your dinner table? Yeah. The people you put on your dinner table are people with the most interesting stories. 100%. Doesn't matter where they come from, what what position in life they are at. Like you just want the people with most interesting stories. It just so happens that they've either pushed themselves in a direction that you haven't, or they've achieved something that you haven't, or they've experienced something that you haven't. It makes those yeah. stories rich. And can I like, can I get on your dinner table? For me, can I get on your yeah. dinner table? Because I've got a story Mate. about when I drove I'm, an ice cream van, yeah. an Irish ice cream van to Poland. How about that one? <laughs> There's a story for you. I feel like I feel like this needs this needs a this is this is becoming another podcast. Yeah, that is, a, that is that is a whole different podcast. But what's what's your random note? Hey, we on? we this podcast ain't long enough. <laughs> yeah. we, we got some stories, boys. You get a whiskey in my hand as well. It's uh, it's yeah. uh, we should do that off topic off, top, off, no, off topic no. pod. Just uh, right. What's your best free stories? Yeah, and we can record it, but you have to pay to watch it, and you have to sign an NDA. <laughs> that's it that's it uh, lads thank you so much for that that was absolutely superb listeners i hope you got a lot from that obviously it was a big topic that we kind of spoke about but hopefully we got some take homes we'll put all the stuff that we spoke about in the show notes and links to the guys kind of you know profiles and and everything will be there as well if there's anything else you want to either ask the, the fellas we'll definitely be back in the future 100 percent you know about different things maybe not this the the whiskey and the stories but if there's demand we'll, we'll deliver but uh, we'll be back very soon and you want us to cover just pop a, a little message to us i know you hear this at the end of my podcast but please like share give us feedback that's the main thing just give us feedback on socials to be like look doing the right things want to hear more of something else and, uh, and we'll get right on it so thank you tom thank you adam guys have a lovely rest of your day 